I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. As we all know, the 118th Congress is divided. That's not news to anybody. But what can be done in a divided Congress? I think there is plenty. The American Enterprise Institute seems to agree they are launching a new initiative to find opportunities for lawmakers across the political spectrum to come together. That is not a radical concept. Uh, What is very radical and how they're going about this, uh, I love. It's called the American Dream Initiative. So how will it work? How can it help that American dream become reality for all Americans? So thrilled to have back on the program with us today, Scott Winship. He's a senior fellow and director of poverty studies at the American Enterprise Institute. And he's actually going to be leading the American Dream Initiative, uh, this new center on opportunity and social mobility, along with Kevin Corinth. And uh, Scott, thanks for joining us today and kind of give us the baseline. What is this all about? Yeah, thank you, Boyd. Always a pleasure to be on your show. Um, so the American Dream Initiative is uh, is actually broader than the Center on Opportunity and Social Mobility. I just want to be clear, I'm not running the, the whole initiative. Um, that'll involve uh, work by scholars throughout AEI uh, on the American Dream. Um, the center uh, essentially is what poverty studies is going to morph into um, at AEI. Poverty studies was started by our current president, Robert Doerr. Um, now we're going to shift our emphasis a little bit towards uh, more towards intergenerational mobility, social capital declines and deficits. Um, still uh, going to be doing all the work that we've been doing on poverty, foster care, um, success sequence, workforce development, all those other things. Um, but we hope to start some new initiatives as well, in part because we've got a new uh, deputy director, um, Kevin Corinth, who's coming back to AEI uh, from a stint uh, working for Senator Mike Lee. Yes, uh, we we know Kevin, and uh, Kevin's got a great background there. And I think the uh, the focus of all of this, in terms of this uh, center on opportunity and social mobility, uh, I know with you, it's always about uh, what does the data tell us. Let's get some evidence based policy ideas uh, in the factory. There, uh, describe for us some of the things you're going to zero in on uh, early on in this project. Yeah, we're hoping to distinguish ourselves, you know, in a few different ways. I think um, there's a lot of consensus, unfortunately, I would say, among populists on both the left and the right, um, that the American economy, you know, is sort of broken. Um, There's, you know, finance has, financial sector has too big a role. Trade is bad. Um, You know, we want to argue a more optimistic point of view that says the economy is basically this miraculous wealth creating dynamo. And and we actually need more dynamism rather than less. Um, Instead, we want to uh, try to help more Americans benefit from the strengths of the economy, in particular, poor kids. So we're going to talk a lot about upward mobility from poverty. Um, That's going to involve new work, I hope, on early childhood. Mm. You know, we've got uh, 
uh, not a great record um, on that. Head Start it was sort of the favored program, I think, among folks on the left. Um, but the record for Head Start is, is not great. Um, but at the same time, I think conservatives need to, uh, excuse me, sort of get in the game more and, and propose our own ideas as well. Um, want to focus uh, on personal agency, but also acknowledge that there are these real historical uh, structural barriers um, to mobility that a lot of poor kids face. Um, so really, it's kind of, uh, you know, taking a lot of um, themes that I think are sort of don't get enough attention on the right these days and where maybe the left focuses on them, but the but the policy proposals are, are all wrong, I would argue. Yeah. And so as you look at how you bring that together, that's a it's an interesting needle to thread. Uh, but I think it's one that we have to thread if we're ever going to get to policy that actually produces lasting results, sustainable results, measurable results. Um, and so what's, what's the approach in terms of getting both Democrats and Republicans to the table to say, hey, look, can we look at this data a little different? And what kind of policies does that lead to? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think um, both sides do need to start looking for more possible compromises um, you know, I think uh, we've just seen a, a sort of two-year debate about the child tax credit and expanding that into a child allowance um, that would go to all families, um, regardless of whether the parents um, are working or not. Um, you know, I hope something positive can come out of that, where we can talk about ways uh, to help uh, more poor kids, but uh, to do it in more thoughtful ways that really do take seriously um, the potential costs of these programs. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the costs in terms of the deficit 10 years out, I'm talking about um, discouraging some people from working, um, discouraging some people from marrying or staying married. Um, you know, these are things that, uh, that in the long run can hurt upward mobility, even if in the short run we reduce the official poverty rate by, uh, by a little bit. So hopefully uh, both sides can come to the table and, um, and, and have a good faith conversation about, you know, how, how do we reduce poverty in ways that are going to be productive in the long run, too. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, I, I love that idea of focusing on costs in a different way because I do think uh, Republicans and conservatives have tend to talk about the costs in terms of dollars and cents and adding to the deficit, uh, but not mm. really about the opportunity costs or where that what that does in terms of creating yep. upward mobility. Um, so, what, what do you see then in terms of uh, some of those? Uh, give us some other examples of solutions that might fit in this initiative or this direction. Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the farm bill will be up for auth- for reauthorization this year. So there's probably going to be a fair amount of debate about SNAP, uh, the, the, the food stamp program. Um, you know, if, if we could potentially have some uh, compromise where we embrace uh, more work requirements uh, for SNAP among um, able-bodied uh, uh, childless workers, for sure, uh, maybe among uh, more recipients as well who are non-elderly, non-disabled, um, you know, we, we could actually make SNAP benefits more generous um, if we had these safeguards in place that ensured that people wouldn't become dependent on them, uh, you know, for, for years of their of their children's lives. Um, you know, that, that, that may be a, uh, the best vehicle in the next two years um, for doing something productive. Uh, so, so, yeah, hopefully uh, we, can, we can see some compromise there. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's so vital in terms of uh, we often you know look at it in terms of these programs, and we've talked about kind of the waste, fraud, and abuse. We've talked about duplicative programs that uh, really aren't producing results. Uh, I know you've spent a lot of your time uh, on this whole idea of upward mobility and social capital, and uh, so as you look at this uh, focus on the American dream and really, you know, having that upward mobility, obviously, as a part of that, but it's also about community as well. How do we go? How do we go about that? Yeah, that's a really important point. You know, we we tend, I think, both sides tend to focus on economic problems to the extent that we think about social problems, like the opioid crisis, for instance. We tend to uh, kind of, we have this knee jerk reaction that it's that it's economics that are to blame for this. When really, I think it's it, the evidence is, is much clearer that you know, kind of on all fronts, um, our social uh, lives interacting with each other, um, the strength of our families, our communities, our civil society, our institutions, that almost without uh, exception uh, has been on sort of a 50 or 60 year decline. Um, and we really do need to figure out how to arrest that and hopefully reverse it. Of course, you know, one reason people don't like to talk about them is, is we don't know what to do about it. <laughs> um, you think about uh, increasing single parenthood, for instance, and, you know, uh, President George Bush uh, had uh, some neat ideas. They tried some initiatives uh, to try to um, encourage marriage, and, and those weren't all that successful. And there's a tendency, I think, to sort of say, well, we tried, and just to move on. And I think we have to uh, avoid doing that. We have to uh, just recognize that these problems are so important that we need to keep trying, and we need to keep, and we need to find the models that work, uh, and then hopefully expand those, scale those up. Yeah, and I and I think uh, leaning into that conversation as you're doing there at AEI, I think Robert Doerr's done a great job of bringing attention to that and what you're going to lead out in this uh, American Dream Initiative is going to be so important. It it is one of those things when you look at the vast majority of Mer- of Americans from the center left to the center right who are exhausted by the extreme politics of it all. The thing that mm-hmm. will bring them back into the conversation is a conversation about community and compassion and self-reliance and upward mobility. Uh, And I do think that's a unique way to unite the nation. And I I think you guys are on the right path in terms of getting some research uh, to reinforce that. Uh, Scott Winship, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks again for having me, Boyd. All right, again, that's Scott Winship, Senior Fellow and Director of Poverty Studies at the American Enterprise Institute. He's going to be leading this American Dream Initiative. It's a new center on opportunity and social mobility. Uh, and this is important work. Uh, as I said, when you, when you look at all the divide in the country, which is mostly political and manufactured, we should remember that. But then if you look at all of the people from the center left to the center right who have disengaged from the political conversation and process because they're exhausted by it, the thing that will re-engage them is a conversation about their communities, about compassion, about self-reliance and upward mobility or opportunity. And I think that's what this American Dream Initiative is really getting at. It's an exciting program. We will watch that uh, with our friends at uh, AEI as that continues to move forward. We'll go ahead and step aside for some bottom-of-the-hour news. When we come back, Representative Blake Moore is going to join us. Stick around. We'll be right back. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. 
Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.